Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg as always, and first I want to say Happy New Year to everybody out there listening. Today is January 2nd, it is the first podcast of 2019. I am back, I am rejuvenated, I have to tell you the holiday season is brutal. (laughs) Uh, it, It is something that if you've never worked retail before... It's hard to describe, you know, it, uh, it's this weird time of year where like everything's your fault when it goes wrong <laughs> as, as far as anything from like, oh, you didn't, uh, you didn't have this product in that I wanted. Well, that's our fault, you know, especially with us. I mean, we deal in pre-owned stuff. So you've got people looking for things and we have to wait for people to sell us items to be able to resell them. So, you know, but oftentimes people are, you know, complaining, I guess is the best way to say it that, you know, well, why don't you have it? Like, I don't know. Well, no one sold it to us. I, you know, I wish, I wish sometimes I just had a big warehouse that I could order games. I needed like, Oh yeah, I'll take 20 copies of Mario Kart for the Wii for the holiday season. Let's bulk up. Let's load up. You know, it doesn't work like that. You know, we get all of our inventory from our customers and, and sometimes you don't, if you don't, if people don't trade stuff in, then you don't have stuff to sell. And this is how it works. It's the scary side of the business, quite honestly, about the, the used video game store business is you only have so much product that you can order on the regular. And so if you don't, if you don't get those trade-ins from people, then your sales are directly affected by that. Um, but anyway, so you just kind of always your fault, you know, and, and believe me, I screwed up plenty. You know, there were a few times I forgot to put someone's game in the case or uh, we sold a system that was labeled as a 250 gig 360. It was only a four gig. So like, that's not good. Um, th- those are mistakes that we make and we have to take care of. But it's a weird time of year when, especially after Christmas. So this is after everyone's gotten their gifts. Then they come back in and they start telling you this is wrong. That's wrong. And, and I, the day after Christmas, we had a big sale. We didn't get a lot of returns that day, but the day after that, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I worked those, those days mostly because we knew we we're going to have a bunch of issues. And, and people like to talk to the owner when there's issues like that. And I have no problem with that. I think that's fine. And so they're talking, they want to talk to the owner. We're going over returns and it just feels like half the people you talk to had a problem. Now, I like to take care of problems, so it's not such a bad thing because I get to fix whatever mistake we made or a mistake that maybe one of my employees made, and so that's a good thing. You know, you always want to help people and you want to take care of their problems, but it just feels like everybody's like, hey, here's a problem. Hey, here's a problem, and it really starts to beat up your self-esteem. Now, the thousands of people that we helped that didn't have a problem, they're not coming back that day to ha- with a problem, so you don't get to talk to them, and so it's really hard to, like switch yourself into the proper mindset of don't let customers don't let only the negative ones in you have to know that if if people aren't saying anything that means they're happy usually (laughs) so like the benefit of the doubt and we have really good google reviews and facebook reviews and everyone is very nice and and we have amazing customers it's just like i said when you get a bunch of problems that's what you focus on you know we tend to focus on the negative always instead of the positive so anyway it, it was it was a hell of a season um we, uh, you know, we, we grew our store sales from last year. Uh, I, I ran the numbers yesterday and it's incredible. Like, uh, you know, knowing where we are, I keep peeking on the mic. I hope I'm not blowing your guys eardrums out, but I got the mic like two feet away from my mouth and I'm still peeking into the red occasionally. <clears throat> so it's really weird. Um, so I'm trying to find the right distance there. And so, you know, we grew, um, not our usual growth. So not to like get too much into the technical, uh, technicalities and the technical side of my business and the numbers and everything, but we've been on pace for the first seven years we were open. We grew about 15%. Eh, we grew about 10%, you know, so it was down a little bit for growth, but, uh, we did more sale. I mean, whenever you, whenever you're growing, it's good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain and take that away, but it's obviously something to watch. Cause you got to see if the business itself is starting to downturn. You know, this year we saw a lot of interesting trends and things where games that were normally $20 to $25, Mario threes, Mario twos are down to 1299 turtles to 1299. I can't remember the last time that went down to 1299. Um, Mario world has been a consistently $20 game for a, a year or two. That's down to $15. So there's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of, a lot of weird pricing things going on. And you wonder if it's just one of the little dips 
and it'll come back and most likely it will. I, I don't fear stuff like that because I think if you have a good business model and, and gaming's obviously getting bigger than ever and retro collecting is still a thing. Um, so it is, you know, I think it'll be fine. And, and we, we're finding people jumping out of the market too. Like there are people who have big collections and then they're coming back saying, you know what, I'm, I'm done with the video game collecting. Let's, uh, I'll sell you all my games. And so, so we're always going to have a market, I think. Um, but we're, we're approaching our eight year anniversary in April. So in April, it is the eighth anniversary of game trade and we will begin year nine, which is unbelievable. My, my main goal is to have worked at my own store longer than I worked at GameStop and I was at GameStop for 11 years. So I got a couple years to go still before we get there, but it's a great feeling and everything's good. Um, now with that being said, um, who cares about the store, right? Let's talk about video game stuff. <laughs> Let's talk about some news stories. And, uh, lastly, before I do that, I did want to comment. If you don't watch any of the YouTube videos, that's of course, totally fine. But if you could, I put up a kind of year in review video, uh, similar because of all these news stories I do. I actually made a top 10 video, which I know sounds a little like, um, I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. You know, I'm not, I'm not I have no delusions about that. But I I did a top 10 controversies of 2018 video that I'm, I'm pretty proud of. I'm pretty proud of that one because it was things that I covered throughout the year. It was my first fully scripted and edited content that I've done. Normally I do, as, as you all podcast listeners know, for sure, you know how I do the podcast live. I do it in one take. I don't like to edit it. All I really do when I make a video off my podcast segments is I put it up. <laughs> I just cut the segment down. So like if I screw up a bunch, I just leave it because, you know, I don't want to do a bunch of editing. I don't have the time for it. So this video took me longer than it should have. It probably took me like, like I was working on a lot of things like scene transitions and stuff and like getting the text bounce and stuff. So like there was a lot of little things that I won't have to do if I do another top 10 style video, but I probably put realistically like 24 out 24 man hours into it. You know, like it, it was a couple days and a couple nights and stuff uh, working on it. So if you could check that out, just search for top 10 gaming controversies of 2018. You'll see, uh, I put Billy Mitchell on the thumb because you know, spoiler alert, he's, he's on there. <laughs> I mean, of course him being banned from twin galaxies was huge and all that jazz. Um, so please go check that out. I, I you know, it's over a hundred views right now. I, I feel like that's one that, it could take off, but you never know. And I'm hoping that I didn't get out too late because obviously being 2019 now, people are looking forward to the new year, not looking backwards. Um, but I want to, uh, I, I, I love the video. I'm really proud of it. And I made a few flubs, you know, and, and watching it now, like I can do better. Uh, but I was really happy with it actually. And it makes me want to do more content like that. Uh, I would never replace this content with that content though. So don't, don't worry about that. I had a few people actually who said, Oh, we love the video, but please don't stop doing Greg talks <laughs> because we like those quite a bit. And, uh, I, I won't, uh, I, I quite enjoy, uh, this side of it. It's, it's also, it's kind of me unleashed. You know, this is me. I really don't have notes or anything. Uh, even though I should probably, because there's a lot of facets to some of these stories sometimes, and I know I miss them, but I, I tried to shoot from the hip and let the conversation flow. Like as we go through it, I don't rehearse this stuff really. Like I, I get my information, like I know what I want to say, and then I just, I just bounce it out. So, um, so with that being said, these are the topics I want to talk about today. So first we're going to talk about, and I tried not to, because I tried to things that I find irritating. I try not to give attention to, but there was another, um, twist in the story. So we're going to talk about soldier boy and, uh, and his, his gaming console that he, uh, quote unquote made. <laughs> and then, uh, because that was back in the early December. So that's an old story, but just recently, uh, he had to, uh, in his own words, boss up because, uh, that usually means you got yourself a C and D, which is short for a cease and desist letter. And it was all, you know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Don't worry, man. We all, we all get cease and desist letters. <clears throat> Wait a minute. No, we don't. But anyway, so we're going to talk about soldier boy a little bit. And then, uh, I, I'm, I want to talk about two things after that, that aren't necessarily gaming related kind of, but not really. And the second one is I'm going to talk about the Bandersnatch episode of Black Mirror, which is on Netflix. And I'm going to talk about that briefly with no spoilers. So you don't have to worry about that. Like, I won't ruin anything for you. I'll give you a little bit of a setup uh, of the actual, um, you know, the actual kind of what's going on and why you should watch it and what I thought of it. 
but I won't really spoil anything. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and I'm going to go heavy on spoilers. So if you want to watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but you don't, and you don't want anything spoiled, that will be at the end of the podcast. So I apologize if you don't want anything ruined, but I'm going to go ham on spoilers, no pun intended, um, because I, uh, I loved it. I watched it for the third time last night in the theater. I saw it three times in the theater. The last movie I saw three times in the theater was uh, Civil War. Um, and I don't often do that because, one, movies are always good, but I don't want to water down the experience. But that movie was – Into the Spider-Verse was incredible. And I watched it – the se- when I watched it the second time, I saw it with my wife and my brother. And watching them watch it was really cool. And then – it, and the movie was better the second time. So I would argue you have to see it two times because you're kind of getting over just the awe of what's happening and then you get to appreciate what's happening. Very much like when I saw Blade Runner 2049. Is that what it was? 2049? The new Blade Runner. Um, that one, the second time I watched it, the first time I watched it, I was kind of underwhelmed. And then the second time I watched it, I thought, okay, all my expectations are gone. I know what to expect. Now just enjoy the movie. And I enjoyed it immensely. Like I loved it the second time. It was, it was like, like, excellent excellent the second time spider-verse exact same kind of story and so like i said we're gonna go spoiler heavy on that at the end of the podcast so you can keep listening we'll talk about the soldier boy stuff i'll talk a little bit about the bandersnatch episode of black mirror on netflix and then i will go crazy on some spider-verse spoilers because i'm gonna go through that whole movie i'm gonna talk about everything i'm gonna talk about the plot points i'm gonna talk about the ending i'm gonna talk about uh who lives who dies i'm gonna talk about everything it's it's gonna be crazy um spoiler somebody dies <laughs> sorry <laughs> no no one really dies but it's we'll talk about it okay just relax just relax and let's hit it so first up today we're gonna be talking about soldier boy um soldier boy is a rapper uh, he had a song back in 09 i think called crank that uh you might remember it it's uh something along the lines of superman that oh or something like that uh, I'm not much of a Soldier Boy fan, no big deal. And I was trying to avoid this story for a while because, quite honestly, I didn't... Not that I don't care, but I think when there's a story like this, a lot of people don't realize how much they're promoting it by talking about it. And so I try, you know, like this is one that... It just, it just kind of felt like a non-story to me. Um, and that was back in December, Soldier Boy. So let's kind of... Let's uh, let's let's rock this over here. Um, try to find where it is here. So basically, yeah. So the the idea was that uh, like early in December he announced, "Hey, I'm I'm a just a guy with a dream. I I want to make my own video game console." And you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute. Okay, so like other companies have tried making consoles. It's very difficult. Sega got out of the console making business." because it wasn't profitable for them compared to just making software. So like, it's a big deal to launch a video game console. So when, when somebody who's outside the industry says they want to do it, you always have to be really careful because it's just, chances are it's not very good. You know, I was going to be honest. Chances are it's not going to be very good. So soldier boy came out and said, I've got two things coming out. I've got this hand, the soldier, what was it called? The soldier handheld and then the soldier console or whatever, which, um, is funny because like his store, I was looking at this, uh, his store and I know podcast listeners, you can't see this on the radio, but so it, I'm on soldier, the soldier watch, I think is the soldierwatch.com is his store. So I'm assuming that was the first product he offered. You can buy gift cards. You can get soldier headphones, which look exactly like beats headphones. You can get a soldier pad, which just looks like a janky, terrible Android pad. There's a soldier phone. It's HT70, so I'm assuming it's just a, a like a marketed phone or something. And then you got soldier pods. So soldier pods are uh, air earbuds, <laughs> ear earbuds, AirPods. <laughs> and then of course the soldier watch. And the soldier watch is. Uh, looks exactly like an I, uh, iPhone or Apple Watch. No, I, an iPhone Watch, an Apple Watch. Uh, so this is the Soldier Store. Um, I don't, you know, so basically he he brands himself 
with knockoff items. That's just it. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush on that. Um, he, uh, he, he puts his name on knockoff items to make money. Okay. You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that do marketing and put their name and attach it to things. Uh, you've got, uh, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, oh man. But anyway, he does his own like vodkas. You got, um, actors doing their own, uh, alcohols, cigars, whatever, you know, part of the lifestyle. Well, soldier boy, uh, seems to have a tech company or he likes to attach himself to technology, which is totally cool. I can respect that. I mean, if it's knockoff garbage, but you pay knockoff garbage price, I mean, who cares, you know? <clears throat> However, uh, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Boy, <clears throat> AKA Mr. Soldier, AKA the soldier boy, he, uh, he announced he was going to make a console and a handheld. And instantly, as soon as this came out, people were super skeptical. One of the reasons is because they had seen something like this before on AliExpress by a company called Anbernick. And this is uh, this is their description here. It is a retro mini video game console support 4K HDMI output, 800 classical games. Classical games. I always love when they say classical games. Like it's classical music. Classical games such as Chopin and... <laughs> <laughs> um, for PS1 slash GBA with 32 gig TF card HD game 85. Don't even know what the rest of those things mean. So here's here's some pictures of it. Let's 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 you know um, show some pictures. These controllers are ass. Um, I have no nicer way to say that. This is, these are these are the most generic PS2 controllers you've ever seen in your life. Uh, made by that like Cyclone brand. That's what they look like. Here's the console. Looks like an Xbox One S. Uh, the back looks like a cable box. <laughs> uh, the front looks like an Xbox One S. It's got AV out, a power slot, HDMI, and uh, a TF card slot. Is that just a SD card? Is that what that's supposed to be? And then what's funny is they show the controller and they describe all the buttons it has. But here's the controller you get. It's this black one that looks like you know, an off-brand, cheapest off-brand PS2 controller. And then when you click on the controller that, or in the picture that says, hey, here are all the buttons, it's a legit, like, DualShock 3 picture. <laughs> so, or I guess DualShock 1 because uh, there's there's a mode button. So DualShock 2 um, because there's no home button. So basically it's terrible. Um, and, oh, you can buy another controller for $12. This is this janky controller here. <clears throat> so obviously you look at that and you're like, well, okay, so he just put his name on some crappy emulator box and that's fine. I guess best case scenario here, best case scenario is he's just ignorant to how this industry works. And someone approached him with an idea and said, look, man, we'll give you a million dollars. Can we put your name on this box? Okay. And he's like, sure. Uh, more, more realistically, what probably happened in that instance was he, he probably like someone came to him and said, Hey man, you know, there's this company they'll co co market with you. You could sell it on your own store. You set the price, you make the profits, yada, yada, yada. And then he probably said, I love it because he is apparently a fan of video games too, which is very cool. You know, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from it. And I know there's this video floating around where he was watching a game called the game braid, um, by Jonathan blow. And so braid is this game where it's like a platformer and then you can reverse time and he's sitting there talking about how if you're drunk or if you're high this game's hilarious it's like mario in a business suit with it his hair dyed red and he jump in a pit but then you can rewind time and he's basically he seems very uninformed as much as he loves the industry and loves games he doesn't seem to really like know much about it uh so that's probably why he ran into issues here because he didn't understand anything about the industry which again is why when somebody who has nothing to do with the industry talks about building their own console this is why you get concerned. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, th so he announced he's going to come out with it. Uh, I don't like to attack him for not being like <clears throat> a bigger gamer. Like that's stupid. You know, it doesn't, I don't, I don't, you don't need, I don't need to be a, a writer to invest in books. I don't need to be like, I, I don't need to be a game designer to maybe create a game development company and hire people to make good games who have that experience, but you know, would it help probably. Uh, but so I don't want to attack his knowledge of the, of the industry as much, uh, you know, and say he's not like a real gamer or anything, but it, it shows that he doesn't know a lot about it. So that's not helping his case at all. And so, so that was the story, you know, and like I said, I didn't cover it. I didn't really, I didn't really care. I wasn't trying to bring attention to it. A lot of YouTubers were like either getting them for free or buying them just so that they could like make fun of it. 
I don't think they realized how much they were helping it then because then you're bringing awareness to it plus you're giving him money for it. You're, you're promoting it like it's a good idea. So I don't know. Maybe they got it for free. Maybe they paid for it. I don't know. But a lot of people, like a lot of bigger YouTubers got their hands on him and were like tearing apart and that's how we figured out that it was, you know, this this knockoff emulator system or whatever. And, and, th and that was pretty much it. You know, that, that was the story. And I thought, wow, this is really stupid. <laughs> and I think everybody on the planet, um, suggested that, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to get shut down. I mean, you can't, you know, these emulator boxes sometimes get by on, on weird, uh, online sites. There's a kiosk in the Appleton mall in the Fox river mall that, uh, that's selling knockoff NES classics. <laughs> okay. I mean, like on a small scale, you can get by with stuff like this, but once you start to be large scale and you yourself are, are, are a persona and you're promoting it, I mean, you're going to get busted for this. And once more attention's put on it, you're also going to get more flack from the companies. So with that being said, the reason I'm bringing up the story is because on December 29th, soldier boy himself had to, he tweeted out, I had to boss up. I didn't have a choice, which means he's, which basically was him going out there saying, I have to cancel the systems. We're taking it off the website. You can't buy it anymore. I had to boss up basically means he got, he's going to get sued or he was given a cease and desist letter, uh, which, which is most likely what happened. Like some company from one of the games. I mean, if you look at this, I don't know if it shows it here. Yeah. Like, look at this, right? So the picture I mean, and I know you can't see it, podcast viewers, but the, the picture that shows the console has a TV in the background saying Street Fighter 4. Well, you know Capcom didn't license this out. You know, it's like in, in one of the pictures for the promotional things, I saw like Jin from Tekken 5, and, and he's back there. It's like, okay, Namco didn't, do, didn't give you permission for that. So, you know, you don't have permission to do this. And so I'm assuming one of those companies, whoever it was, uh, decided to send them a cease and desist. And I'm sure he went to his lawyer and said, what do I do? And the lawyer said, you are done. <laughs> you, you will spend millions of dollars fighting this and you will lose. And then you owe millions of dollars. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> That's probably what his lawyer said. If he has a good lawyer and I hope he does, uh, for, for instances like this. So I want to, uh, I want to go over this little part here. Um, uh, it's hard to feel too bad for Soldier Boy. This is the Gizmondo article. If there's one thing the musical entrepreneur gamer knows, it's how to crank that. He's planning on launching an esports team in 2019, and his website still has plenty of knockoff knock Apple products for sketchily cheap. I don't know if sketchily is a word, but this guy wrote it, and he's supposed to be a writer. So, um, the uh, a, a, a Soldier Watch sells for $20 in ships from either Russia or China. <laughs> So anyway, we were already make fun of those, but, uh, so, you know, I, I, now when he had tweeted out when, when like the first console had sold, he said something like, you know, he had tears in his eyes. He was so proud that he was able to do this. And I, I agree. I, I agree. That's probably genuine. You know, I, I could imagine a dream of his would be to make a game console, but I could see there's a lot of people out there that don't understand how any of this works. Um, we get a lot of people in my store that, They'll, they'll come in and, and they'll talk about emulators and stuff and like, oh, is there a way to like, can I just download these games on my computer? Like, it's not that they don't know how to do it. It's also that they don't know that it'd be anything wrong with it, you know? And, and it's not so much that you're talking to someone who owns a used video game store about how to steal games because I don't mind letting them know. And I always kind of say it jokingly because I myself am intrigued by emulators. Like, I, I modded my PSP to put all my PS1 games on it, you know? And like, I, I have my, my, my Vita TV and my PlayStation TV whitelisted, you know? I do stuff like that because it's not, it's not the pirate stuff. I mean, you can see, like, I collect games and I pay for games legit when they come out. I mean, I've got over 300 PS4 games now. And, but sometimes it's fun and convenient to have like a handheld that plays all your home console games, you know? Plus the PSP emulates PS1, like, like, it is, it's just like the, it's the best, man. It's like pocket PS1. It's the best. So we get a lot of people like that who just don't understand. So I could see him getting this console and thinking this console's legit. He doesn't maybe understand. Now, maybe he should have talked to somebody first, but he doesn't understand. So he makes the deal, trying to get paid, trying to make some money. It was a little shady, too, because I want to say he was selling, yeah, it was $150 for the console and $100 for the handheld. But if it was 150 for the console, you can get this normally for 106, but now it's marked down to 80 bucks. So they were almost charging double to 
to get his console. So you're paying twice as much for the Soldier brand. And I don't even know if it came in a different box. It, it might have been the exact same thing. Now, if he had had a custom box and custom printed case or something, maybe I could justify that. If it were legit, it's not. So it doesn't matter. But that's that's a weird one. And uh, so maybe he just didn't know. He should have talked to somebody first, but he did it. But then he got some sort of notification, and his lawyer, somebody stepped in, thankfully, brought it brought it up to him, and he said, I had to boss up. I didn't have a choice. Now, even a couple days ago, though, so like five days ago, he tweeted out, and this is, it's offensive because he sh- you shouldn't be using the terminology this way, but uh, he did tweet out, which has subsequently been deleted, but he said, quote, for anyone that thinks Nintendo's going to sue me, you're retarded. Nothing's going to happen. Everything is legit. My console isn't going anywhere. Trust me. That was his tweet on December 28th. Obviously, now we know that's it's it's gone. And shortly after that, actually, it was gone. Um, but yes, so Nintendo, uh, Namco, Capcom, all the big somebody somebody put a stop to it. Don't don't know who it is. I'd love to hear more about that. And and we don't know if there'll still be a lawsuit pending. That'll be curious to me to know if. Uh, to know if they keep going after him or just the ceasing of operations is enough to move everyone on. Um, but like I said earlier, I think I think best case scenario, he's just ignorant to how this all works and he thought it was legit. Maybe somebody even told him it was legit and there'd be no problems. You know, I could believe that and then he jumped on board. Worst case scenario, he knew exactly what he was doing, trying to cash in on fans of his to buy overpriced emulation junk that you could get elsewhere cheaper. Uh, I really don't think that's the case. I think he just, I, I do believe it. I believe he, he likes games and he thought it'd be so cool to have that, but he does have a pattern. I mean, let's look back at the store here. He has a pattern of selling branded knockoff stuff. So I guess maybe he, you know, and maybe he doesn't even run this site. I don't know. Maybe someone just comes to him and say, Hey man, we can get you, we can sell soldier headphones. We can sell soldier phones. Like, like I, I see this as him sitting in an office, right? He's got gold chains and everything. He's wearing like sunglasses and he's got maybe even a gold crown like Biggie. And he's kind of sitting back. And then someone just walks up, some some nerdy white guy with glasses and a suit, just like, hello, sir. We we can get you, uh, we can make you $10 million if we sell the new soldier phone. And it's got like a big, he's got a big poster of like the soldier phone. It looks really cool. And he's like, I like that. And then it's like, we got soldier, soldier pods. Like, oh. I love that. Let's make soldier pods, you know. Uh, I don't know when when these all came out. Let's see. Date old to new. So the first thing on was the watch. Then came the phone. Then came the pods, the pads, and the headphones. So, and the gift cards came second. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? And this might, again, this whole store might be somebody that something something somebody else set up and just went to him and said, hey, we'll pay you. 25% of all sales of this website if you let us use your name Soldier. And he was like, okay, cool, because money's fine and you want to capitalize off your fame, and that's fine. Um, but so he has a, a pattern, a history, and a pattern of doing this. So it's hard to say if you would really allow this to, to keep going on. But that's it. So the 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 short-lived Soldier console was announced early December. It is dead as of early January. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, and at least Sega stuck out for a couple years. <laughs> Soulja only made it a couple weeks. <laughs> but uh, if you bought one, I'd love to hear it in the comments below. Like, let, let me know what you thought. Uh, if you didn't buy one, hell, tell me why you didn't buy it and why you thought it was stupid. Um, but anyway, uh, obviously, this thing's never okay. It's never right. And it's never something that's going to ever succeed. All right, everybody. So next up for my podcast listeners only, this will not be a video segment. So I'm just going to, I'm going to roll with this. We're going to talk about Bandersnatch. Bandersnooch. Bandercatch. Bandersnooch. I don't understand that. Oh, I do understand the name because I watched the episode, but you know what I'm saying. Bandersnatch. It's a funny word. Uh, Who doesn't like saying it? Bandersnatch. So if you don't know, Bandersnatch is an episode of the Netflix series Black Mirror. If you don't know what Black Mirror is, the best way I can describe it is that Black Mirror is a modern-day technology-focused Twilight Zone. So if you like Twilight Zone, it's everything's a one-off episode. They're all self-contained, but there's some really cool tech. It's all tech-based. So, like for instance, there's one episode where people get trapped 
in like an MMO online game. Like technically they don't get trapped, but this guy makes copies of them and co- and their copies are trapped in there. So they feel like real people. It actually brings up this interesting like AI clone kind of argument. And they're trapped in this guy's MMO where he's he's the god and he can do anything he wants and everyone has to play along. That was really cool. There's another one where uh, because her daughter went almost went missing, she gets her daughter like this this chip that allows her to like see what her daughter's seeing and all this other stuff through like a tablet. And it's, it talks about how like over parenting and anyway, it's, they always have some sort of twist to them. They're, they're very, very good. That's all. I don't want to like ruin any, but it's, it's really cool. If you like technology and you like the twilight zone and kind of the weirder kind of twist ending kind of, Whoa, you didn't see that coming sort of thing. It's really great. And so anyway, that's black mirror. So Bandersnatch is the latest episode of black mirror. And it, it is a choose your own adventure Netflix show, which uh, I guess I'll describe those in case you've never seen one. a choose your own adventure book. If you, if you don't know, these were books are really popular when I was younger. So eighties, uh, nineties. Uh, and it was literally a book where you would have choices and it would tell you to flip to certain pages depending on your choice. And then you'd read for a bunch of pages until it came to another choice. And so you actually, it was a choose your own adventure book. And they had, I don't even know how many I should look up sometime because I've thought about, like buying them all for my collection, like just having them. Uh, but it had to be, there had to be over a hundred if I had to guess. And, uh, they were awesome. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you know, um, and anyway, uh, so they're really cool, but this is a Netflix episode. It's a Netflix episode. It's so cool. And so as the episode's going on, just like how you would use your directional pad on your remote or on your controller to select like an episode, you use that device to pick your pick your choices. Now, here's what's cool about it. It's the, the setting of the episode is the 80s. And the character you're following around is a game programmer. And he programs games like the Commodore 64. And super cool. Like, so if you like video games and you like Twilight Zone and you like Choose Your Own Adventure books, like I do, then this episode was just amazing. Uh, it did a pretty good job too of if you made a decision, some decisions would end your timeline right there and you'd have to like, and it would revert you. And then when it reverted you to a previous choice, it would give you like a quick recap and it would go very fast saying like, here's what you chose. It was like, and it would like give you a recap of the story. Very cool. Very well done. You didn't have to rewatch the whole episode again to get to your, your spot and very very cool and uh obviously twist ending what's cool about it though is it explores the concepts of choice is this really a game is it a tv show like it actually kind of weaves that into the episode so that's kind of the neat part about it it's not just a a story someone's telling you about it it's trying to make you think about the actual you know the actual what i want to say like the actual like device plot devices behind it and it's very very cool uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I I hope that they experiment with more stuff like this in the future but it brought up an interesting thought to me as well because there there's always been this long running thought in video games which is like is it a game right so you've got some games that are very cinematic like I mean the Walking Dead games you know like for the most part it's a storyline where you're just choosing and making decisions no matter what happens you always make it to the end um, you've got games like Detroit Become Human or Heavy Rain. Uh, he- he- I would say Detroit, uh, not Detroit as much, Heavy Rain, but more specifically Beyond Two Souls. That's a game by Quantic Dream for PS3. Uh, that game, it didn't matter what you did. You still got to an ending. Uh, Detroit was very different. You actually got to make a lot of decisions and, and do different things that affected things. So I think that anything that's interactive is not necessarily a game. I, you know, because people were arguing that the Netflix episode bandersnatch was not it wasn't a tv show it was a game because you interact with it and i don't think that's like it's i don't think it's easy enough to say that i don't think it's possible to just say if you interact it's a game i still think it's a tv show i think it's an interactive tv show just like how most games are interactive but then there's also things like cinematic games if that makes any sense you know and and i don't know why why box everything you know i guess why box everything up just just whatever it's whatever it's what you enjoy so just do it um, but it was really cool. I, I said I wouldn't go into any spoilers, so I'm not going to, but it's very cool. And it's got its little twists and quirks. And some of the 
uh, possibilities you can do. Like when you make decisions, there's some really weird stuff that happens, like weird, cool, weird, and unexpected. It's very cool. So if you like Choose Your Own Adventure, if you like Netflix, if you like Twilight Zone, if you like technology, if you like games from the 80s, <laughs> you just like it's it's all, it's just something you gotta watch. It, it's it's really really cool. I highly recommend it. So lastly today, we are going to talk about, oh, hold on, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I always do this, I didn't start it up right. Um, let's see here, so you guys always get, you guys always get the live, you guys, you guys get the live, live, live. Okay, so, why is this off? Weird. Okay, well, whatever, I guess the website is not optimized for my, my, my uh, Spider-Man viewing. So. Next up, we're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I've said this already on the podcast, but for anyone watching the video on YouTube, spoiler alert, big spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about everything in this movie, so do not watch if you do not want anything ruined story-wise, okay? I'm begging you do not watch if you don't want anything ruined. I am going to talk about everything. I'm going to spoil everything. I'm going to talk about a lot of different things. I'm going to talk about everything. So I'm going to go through the whole damn movie probably because I loved it. And I saw it for the third time last night. So final warning, spoilers ahead. If you don't want spoilers, please come back and watch a different video of mine. Don't leave forever, but but don't watch this video. Okay, spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so now you've had plenty of time to stop the podcast or stop the video if you don't want spoilers. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, is incredible. I'm just going to start with that. I love this movie. I've seen it three times already in the theater, which I do not do that, okay? I'm not a big moviegoer guy, and I'm certainly not usually somebody who... I don't replay games. I don't usually rewatch movies. Sometimes I'll rewatch them. Like, the Marvel stuff I've been really digging, so, like, um, I rewatched... Like, in the theater, I did see captain or i saw civil war three times mostly because this the second time i went to go see it it was at a a 4d theater which if you don't know what that is they're really stupid and like they rumble your chair and crap it's really dumb but anyway we went down and saw it there and uh and so i saw that movie three times because i saw it first i saw it 4d and then i went and saw it with my brother i saw into the spider-verse with a few friends then my wife and my brother wanted to go see it so we went and saw it saturday night and then just last night i was sitting on my couch watching my wife play red dead just kind of chilling out after a, a, a really tough like long work month uh, of retail hell in december and and then all of a sudden my buddy john just said hey i'm going to see spider-man at 9:45 who wants to go and i looked and it was 8:50 <laughs> and i look over at my wife and i'm like ah i'll go who cares let's go see it again and so i did and so first I want to tell you my my kind of what happened when I first was going to see this movie. So when I first heard about this movie, I thought it was going to be stupid. I thought it was going to be terrible. I didn't like the animation. I didn't like anything about it. I think it was poorly marketed, but I didn't like that. I didn't like the animation. I didn't like anything about it. And I was kind of frustrated. You know, I thought I don't I, I love Spider-Man. He's, he's my absolute fa- him and Wolverine are my two favorite superheroes of all time. Spider-Man, I, I grew up reading Spider-Man in the 80s and 90s. It is my all, he's my, he's my all-time favorite. Spider-Man is my all-time favorite. And the first comic book I ever bought was a Spider-Man comic book. And so he'll always have a special place for me. But my, my Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And, and that sounds really terrible to say because there's many other great characters and other great like universes with different things going on. But to me, my, my Spider-Man is Peter Parker because that's who I grew up with. And that's who I'm very fond of. And so when I hear about Miles Morales being Spider-Man, I've never read the comics with him in it. It didn't appeal to me. Like somebody different being Spider-Man doesn't appeal to me. And so I was just like, you know what? It's a it's a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie. It's whatever. It's got weird animation. It's got that kind of... And I'm just saying this is my first impression. This isn't my current impression. My first impression was it's got that weird kind of abstract characters where they're a little big in the upper torso, thin limbs and legs. And just, eh, I hate it. I don't like it. And then uh, I went and saw Venom, which uh, if you saw my video here, I know a lot of people liked the movie. I thought it sucked, so I didn't like Venom. But after Venom, they had a ten, like a ten-minute into the Spider Verse, like a five or ten-minute um, preview, I guess you would say. And the preview was awesome. And when you see it in action, it looks a lot better. Like the the previews and the trailers don't really do it justice. Like when you see it moving, 
it's really, 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 really good. And so, you know, I saw it moving. I was like, okay, I'm going to go see this, actually. I'm intrigued, partly because in that 10-minute preview that they showed at the end of Venom, they showed, the scene they showed was Miles standing in a graveyard, seeing Peter Parker's grave. And then someone in like a trench coat comes up from behind him, taps him on the shoulder, and he shocks him as a defense measure. And then as he gets shocked, that person like webs his chest and pulls him along, and he's knocked out. And when Miles goes to look at him, he's got like a trench coat over a spider suit. And it's like an old, grizzled Peter Parker. And and so I was like, okay, uh, I, there's something going on here. Like, I, I, I'm I'm okay with this. Like, there's I, I'm, I'm going to find a way to like this. And so when I went to go see it, though, I still was in the mindset of, I don't know if it's going to be good. I really felt that way. I felt, I, man, I I just, I don't know. Because Sony has not had a good track record with Spider-Man. And, um, and yeah, I guess the Raimi movies are fine. I did like the first one. I liked Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. The second one was fine with Doc Ock. I mean, I know everyone always talks about that being like their favorite Spider-Man movie. But I just, I, I wasn't. I didn't like the weird Evil Dead type transitions when Doc Ock's transforming or in a surgery or whatever. I don't know. I just, I didn't love it. I like the first one more than the second one. Um, but I'm also a sucker for origin stories. And my friend Adam, who saw it with me the first time, he always gives me a hard time because in Homecoming, they totally glossed over the, um, you know, the, uh, the origin story. And I get it. I totally get it. It's, you know, you've seen Peter Parker's origin story like a million times. So I get it. But... I want to see it again. I want to see their version of it. And so we, you know, so I didn't get that in homecoming. So that bummed me out. Well, into the spider verse has, is practically an entire origin story for every spider. man. <laughs> so it's so it, it hit what I wanted right in the head. I love the movie. Can't say it enough. Um, and so I haven't said any spoilers yet, but I'm, I'm about to. So if by some chance you were hanging on to here a little bit without spoilers, this is like your final spoiler warning. So like I, I get out. Because we're gonna we're gonna be talking the movie plots now, so the movie begins with Miles Morales as not as Spider Man. He hasn't become Spider Man yet, and and so it opens up to him just being a kid, and uh, you know he's uh, he's at home, but he's been accepted to this like preppier, nicer school that he goes to during the week, and then he's home on the weekends. Um, and so the, the beginning is them driving him to his new school. And, you know, he's running up and down the street. He's, you know, it, it, it appropriately, I think, represents a type of culture that I'm not used to. But it was like, like tag, street tagging. You know, he does his own stickers. He hides them, slaps them all over the place on his way to school. Um, you know, he, he sees all of his old friends from his old school, like as he walks by to his new school. And he's, you know, giving everyone the, the you know, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm super popular here. Everyone loves me. And then at his new school, nobody's doing that. And so anyway, you, you see the beginning of him. Uh, he, uh, he ends up, um, his uncle, uh, he's hanging out with his uncle because he's having a hard time. Him and his dad aren't communicating well. So he hangs out with his uncle and his uncle's like, sees some of his art and says, Hey, have you, have you put any of this up yet? And Miles is like, no, I, you know, I can't, my dad's a cop. He's not gonna let me do it. And the uncle's like, Hey, I got a, I got a really good spot. Let's go there. And they go there and you know, they're tagging the wall. They're doing this great, you know, beautiful art, this graffiti. And then that's where Miles gets bit by the spider. And real quick, too, what I wanted to say was this movie does have a lot of comedy in it. it it's, it's, I would, like, normally, if it was any other Marvel movie, I would give it a hard time because they were trying to put too much in. But that is the character of Spider-Man. Spider-Man is funny. He's always been that, that quippy. That's like saying, like, oh, this Deadpool movie was trying to be too wacky. Like, well, he is wacky. So, like, it fits the character. And so... Um, this, the, the Spider-Man movies having humor in them makes sense to me because he needs to have that, those quips. He needs to have that mouth on him because that's half of what makes him interesting. You know, he's just like, uh, he, he's, he's, a, he was a kid from New York and he's got a mouth on him and, and, uh, and I, and he makes jokes as he's in serious situations. So the comedy that's in the movie fits perfect. And it's not too much in my opinion. Uh, I think it's, it's quite perfect. So, uh, then, you know, he, he, the next sequence is him, you know, basically becoming Spider-Man, you know, he's like, uh, after getting bit, you know, he wakes up the next morning and he's like, Oh, and, and this is a really cool transition. I didn't notice until I watched it the second time, but after he's like been bitten by the spider the next day, as things are happening to him and he's like, he's realizing like he's getting stuck to things and like, like then all these little comic book type 
narration things pop up. So he'll say something like, am I in slow motion? And it'll bring up like a little yellow box as like slow motion, like a comic book would. And it's really, really well done. And it, it transitions to that as soon as he becomes Spider-Man. And so it was, it was really, really good. And you kind of see him coming up as, as Spider-Man and, and he's not Spider-Man here. Here's probably the first big spoiler. He's not Spider-Man in this movie until like the last 10 minutes, because this is, this whole movie is Miles Morales's origin story. And so, you know, he, he ends up going to, um, he's lost. He's, he's struggling. He doesn't know what to do about his newfound power. So he goes back to the place to find the spider that bit him, which is where he was spray painting all the graffiti. And he goes there and then he hears noises and like something busts through the wall. And he sees that Spider-Man, Peter Parker is fighting uh, green goblin and they're fighting in like this weird super collider or whatever. I'm like, this is so cool. And so you see like, you see, you see Spider-Man, you see Peter Parker, he's here and they're doing this whole thing and they're going around and, and Peter's trying to shut down the super collider with like a USB thing. Whoops. Sorry. I left my phone on there and he's trying to shut down the super collider thing and whatever. And so then, you know, miles is there, uh, Spider-Man green goblin gets irritated by something Spider-Man says, you know, being, being quippy as he is green goblin, like holds him into the super collider. And basically because Spider-Man was in it, it pulled in all the other spider people. But so Spider-Man was in there and then it causes the collider to explode. The whole room is destroyed. Green Goblin looks dead, uh, just motionless. And then Miles finds Peter and Peter is, you know, half his mask is kind of ripped off and he's like, he's coughing. He barely move. And he's like, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. I always get up, you know, I, I can do this. And then, you know, he starts to hear things. And so he tells Miles, like, here's my, here's the, the key you have to put this USB thing in. you can shut down and blow up the super collider and then it's all done. I need your help on this, you know, blah, blah. And so miles like leaves, but keeps watching. And Peter Parker's like under a bunch of rubble and he's all beat up. And then you see the Kingpin who is the big baddie in the movie. And one of the only things I don't like about this movie is that Kingpin, um, Kingpin, they made him look ridiculous and is funny. It is really funny, but sometimes in a serious moment of the movie, it takes you out because he looks ridiculous. Like it's hilarious. So anyway, um, so, you know, Kingpin finds Peter Parker and, and Peter's like, you know, I saw the super collider. Do you want to know what I saw? And Peter basically says, you can't bring them back. You know, it'll never work. I've seen it. And, and Kingpin gets really mad and he straight up like double fist, just boom. And he pounds Peter, man. He kills Spider-Man. Okay. He kills Spider-Man in the, in like the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, Spider-Man's dead. And, and you're just like, it is impactful, um, literally, but it's impactful emotionally too. And you're like, holy, holy crap. Like this is nuts. And, uh, and, and so it's really like, I, I can't believe I just watched Spider-Man die. And so then, you know, Kingpin's like, I'll oh, get rid of the body. And they throw the body apparently in the public somewhere because the next sequence is like this, this super sad montage of uh, sad news tonight. You know, we have to report that Spider-Man is dead and Spider-Man was really Peter Parker. And so like, they now know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And um, one thing I got to touch on as well is the soundtrack to this movie is, is amazing. And whoever was in charge of sound design really hit it out in this one because they had the right music for the right moments to make you feel the right emotions you needed to feel. And it was excellent. And so, which I bought the soundtrack and listened to it about a hundred times already. It just, and I'm not normally into like, I don't even know what to call this music. I don't want to say it's not hip hop, you know, and it's not like R and B. I don't even know what to call it, but it's like a, I don't know what to call it. Um, I should really look into that, but it's really good. It's not my type of music I usually listen to. And I, I put it on and I'll listen to it all day. There's definitely hip hop tracks there. Don't get me wrong, but like there's other music, which I don't know how to describe. Maybe like hip, hip hop. Is that a thing? Um, hip hop, pop, hip pop. Um, so, you know, Spider-Man's dead and, and miles saw it, you know, and, and he watched Spider-Man die and he, you know, he's struggling. And then, uh, you know, he, he's not sure what to do and he ends up, you know, then that's when the scene that came from the Venom preview. So he goes to to like the graveyard and that's when he meets Peter Parker. Now, every time you meet a new Spider-Man from the Spider-Verse, they do his origin story. It's super cool. So like, you know, Peter Parker, the old one is like laying on the ground and it just, and all of a sudden this like comic book drops and it says, all right, let's do this one last time. I'm Spider-Man. And it explains his version of Spider-Man. And now 
when they first did it with the original Spider-Man, I, I didn't cover that initially. It said, I, I'm Peter Parker. I've been Spider-Man for the last 10 years. I've been saving the city. I've been doing this and this, doing this. And he's like the perfect version of Spider-Man. He like, like this original one, the one that, that dies basically. And he had blonde hair and, um, you know, he was just perfect. His life was perfect. He was the perfect Spider-Man. That was what they were hinting at in this universe. Well, when the Peter Parker that's on the ground that gets shocked by Miles is doing his, he goes, let's go over this one last time. And he goes, I've been Spider-Man for the last 20, I think he says 22 years. He's like, I've been Spider-Man for the last 22 years. Like, well, wait a minute. All right. So already we're in a different universe where Spider-Man's been around for 22 years instead of 10, which is cool because there's a part of me then that can connect that and say, this is the, this is the Spider-Man that I was reading in the nineties. That's who this is. That's my Spider-Man. Like he's in this movie, you know? And so, uh, so they talk about, uh, he talks about his history and he's like, oh, I've saved the, the world numerous times. Uh, I hurt my back really bad doing this and I made some sketchy financial decisions and, um, I separated from my wife. And so him and Mary Jane are separated and, and it's this, and it's funny because then it shows him in his own apartment and he's like eating and he's getting fat. Like he's got a pudgy gut and everything. It's just, it's just really funny because it's a different version of Spider-Man. It's a different universe. And so, that's what kind of makes this whole thing work. And so then subsequently that Peter Parker starts to teach miles the ropes a little bit and, but he's not perfect either. He's a flawed character as well. So a flawed character trying to teach. Um, so they have to go and they have to remake the little thing, uh, to, to blow up the super collider. And then when they're doing that, uh, they run into spider Gwen, uh, which is super cool. And then, uh, and then those three, end up going to rebuild this piece. They go to Aunt May's house and that's where they meet the other members of the Spider-Verse. They meet, you meet Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Pig and uh, Penny Parker, who is like, I don't, I don't know her actual name is spider robot, uh, robo spider. I don't know, but it, uh, it, it's just, it was, it was awesome. And those origins are very quick, like those three characters, but Spider-Gwen and Spider-Man, they put some more time into, and then uh, spider pig and stuff. They just really just some short ones because they're side characters. They're just there for like whatever. And, um, spider, Spider-Man noir is voiced by Nicholas cage, who I think was perfect for that. I don't know who else he would have got to be such a ridiculous character. It's almost like he's mocking his own way of acting. It's, it's really, really spot on. So anyway, um, so as you're going through and doing things, you find out that, uh, the prowler, who's the bad guy who's kind of chasing Peter through the trailer you're seeing here, it actually ends up being his uncle, his uncle gets killed by Kingpin when his uncle refuses to kill Miles. And so, like, Miles experiences loss, which is a theme with Spider-Man. They have to experience that loss to to learn. You know, they, 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 had the, they had the power to stop it. And when they didn't do it, these are the consequences of those actions. Again, it, it always rolls back to um, with great power comes great responsibility. And so, you know, he, he has loss. But unfortunately, he's still not coming in as... Spider-Man. And so there's this part where they're all going to go to the super collider and blow it up at the end. And, and one plot point that I, I need to mention just so it makes sense is that the longer the other spider people stay in the universe, their cells are deteriorating. So they're going to die if they stay there too long. So miles is like, well, I can get you all home and then blow up the machine after you leave because I, I, I I'm supposed to be here anyway. But since he can't do it, they basically like, like Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker, like wraps him up and won't let him. And he says, look, man, if you can shock me or you could turn invisible, like do it, get past me and you'll, we'll know you're ready. And he can't. And so there's like this, he's sick of everybody letting miles is sick of letting everybody down. He's not Spider-Man. He's not powerful. He can't do it. And there's just something that really resonates. I think with people like who hasn't had that feeling like you're inadequate, you know, and that you want to be better and you're fighting hard. And that sometimes, you know, you get let down or you let yourself down. And so, you know, so he's doing that. And then the, the, his dad comes by to let him know that, you know, like his uncle died, which he obviously already knew because he was there. Um, but his dad has like this really touching thing, you know, about how he's, you know, I've always seen this spark in you. You're amazing. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to drift away from you. It's this really touching family moment. And then whatever, you know, that, that miles like gets all amped up and then he electric shocks and blows up all the spider web that was holding him. So then he he goes back to Aunt May's house where they had where the, the the perfect Peter Parker of this universe had like a spider lair, which you see like a spider jeep and the spider cycle and he's got a hundred suits and like it's so cool. They even had the PS4 version suit in the movie, so freaking cool. Like, 
I don't know. I did this movie, whoever wrote this, like they cared about the source material. And that's, that's what I can't emphasize enough. They cared because the problem with a lot of these superhero movies, especially Venom, the problem I have with that, I don't think that whoever wrote the movie gave a shit about the movie. I just don't think they did. I don't, I don't, I just don't think they cared at all. They just didn't care. They just made a movie they thought would make some money. They got a big name attached to it and they pumped it out because superheroes are big. And I'm not saying that you can't enjoy the movie. It's totally cool if you did. I'm just saying I don't feel whoever wrote that had any care about the origin of the character, the proper way to do the character. Whoever wrote this did. And they understood the character. They understood the theme of the hero. Not necessarily who's behind the mask, but they understood the theme of the hero. And they applied the characters to that. And it works. It works over and over again. It works 100, 200, 500,000 percent. It works. And I didn't, and it shouldn't. Like th- Everything about this movie should be stupid. Like when I first saw it. And, and it did a complete 180. Made me a complete believer. And I'm okay with any Spider-Man animated movies coming from Sony. I'll watch every one. I'll be there day one for the next one. Um, so then uh, once once Miles goes to uh, Aunt May, he then he makes his iconic suit where he actually spray paints it. Again, going back to like his his culture and his his background. Spray paints a suit and then he does a little bit of his own like, you know, I have to jump off a tall building. I have to get my web sh- Like I have to figure this out. And he does, and then he ends up going to meet up with the other spider people who are struggling a little bit in the fight because they're glitching out because they're being in the wrong universe. That's been a, a theme that helped weaken those characters, um, you know, because they had this 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 negative to them. And so they uh, they're doing whatever, uh, and and he he comes in, he saves them, and then you know, so then they're knocking everybody out, they're doing their thing, and everybody goes home through this to their home universe, and it's just, you know. Peter and Miles and Kingpin is there trying to stop him. And so Peter's like, you know, I'll stop Kingpin. You shut the collider down. And, and Miles is like, no, man, you got to go home. And so Peter's like, they're arguing back and forth. And, and like Miles actually gets the upper hand on him to, and it's kind of his moment of proving to Peter that he was ready. And, uh, and, and he was, and it was great. And everything about it was awesome. And, and so he does that. And then he has his miles has a final showdown with Kingpin, uh, which is really, really kind of cool. And, and, um, part, so part of the idea of the collider, I didn't talk about this, but the idea was Kingpin was trying to bring his family back to life by pulling his family from another dimension into this one. That's what the whole idea was. Uh, and so, um, miles stops that stops him ends up shocking Kingpin and like hitting the button blows up the super collider and he saves the day. And, uh, and it was just it was just awesome and the music that hits at the right tone at the right moments the right tone and it was all good and then really quickly stay completely for the after credits it is um it is totally worth it they uh you know what i won't spoil that for you if if you if you still want to see the movie i'll at least leave that as a surprise for you so see it it was it was very cool and very funny um and then lastly i want to talk about there was a stan lee appearance and I'll be damned if it didn't bring a tear to my eye. And not just because he recently passed away, but my God, like the people who wrote this, they understood how people who care about this stuff feel. I really believe that. And, and, uh, it was like this cause basically miles before going to Peter Parker's funeral, the, the, the perfect Spider-Man that died in his universe, he goes to the store, buys a Spider-Man costume and the clerk is Stan Lee. And he says something about, he's like, you know, like, well, he's like, will it fit? And Stanley goes, it always fits eventually, you know? And it's just, man, like even now I'm getting like, I'm getting it a little bit, man. Like there's something about it, like these words that they use. And at the end of the movie, they have a quote from uh, Stanley, you know, about, um, you know, like, thank you for, um, like I'm totally forgetting it. I, it sucks. And I'm all, I'm all, uh, worked up here. And, uh, and, but it was something like, you know, anyone who does a truly unselfish act to help somebody is a true superhero or something, you know? And, uh, and that, that shit hits me really hard. It hits me really hard. And, and, um, it it was excellent. And, um, so, uh, with all that being said, then that was the movie. I watched it a third time. It was incredible. You have to watch it. It was just fantastic. With that being said, um, part of this movie, I think that I find, interesting and really cool as well. And I've said this before when it pertains to black Panther, because I talked about that movie and I thought that movie was okay. I thought black Panther was okay, but I thought it was what I said then was it was really cool. How 
like there's a new a new era of kids get to appreciate a superhero that they can relate to and not just because they like him but because they can look like him and i always say this like I, i'm not sure if i'm i'm even allowed to say this and i hope like anybody who hears this would not be offended by this but so like when i grew up i had every superhero i could be them i could look like wolverine i could look like spider-man i could look like dr strange i could, these people were because just quite frankly they were white and I grew up a white kid, so I could listen to them. So when I see something like Black Panther or like Miles Morales, there's going to be so many kids that look at him and go, that could be me. And 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 it's that that warms my heart and it breaks it kind of at the same time because it breaks it knowing that not there weren't a lot of superheroes for kids like that. And now there, now that it's, it's, it, there is, it, it makes me very happy. And, and just knowing that, like I said, like a young kid and, and, and Miles is from like a, a bicultural family. She's got an African-American father and a Latina mother. And it, it, it just like, so I could see kids like relating to that character the way I could relate to Peter Parker being a nerdy white kid who was smart and beat up in school. Not that I got beat up in school, but like I got picked on and made fun of and stuff. And, and so I, I see it, it's all there, you know? Um, and it just, it, it's, it's awesome. And, and it makes me happy to know that Spider-Man, it's not who's behind the mask always. It's, it's the idea of the character. It's like, do, is whoever's writing Spider-Man understand what makes him Spider-Man? And, and, and they got it right in this movie and Miles as a character in this movie anyway, I haven't read any of the comics, but I'll tell you, I'm going to, uh, now, uh, but it, it's awesome. Man, it's awesome. And his character in this movie was fantastic. And I don't know if his character was accurate to his character in the comics because I haven't read any of the comics of him. But I'll tell you what, he's a damn good Spider-Man in my book. And uh, and he can be Spider-Man any day. And again, you know, it's almost like this movie was calling out like all those all those like angry commentators who are saying things like, you know, Miles Morales isn't Spider-Man, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. They're almost trying to argue like this movie is almost the entire like, like, a, a post against that because it's basically saying, Hey, like Spider-Man can be whoever we want it to be. There's a million spider people in the universe. This is the story of our spider people. If you like a certain spider person, you like Peter Parker, Spider-Man, he exists in many timelines. You can check him out all over the place, but this is our Spider-Man. It's almost like, um, everyone has their own Spider-Man. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it without sounding like a total cheese ball, but that's, that's how I feel. And, uh, so, so those are just things that just rocked me in this movie. And I just can't believe that it's as good as it is. And I can't believe that Sony made it, but it was, it was awesome. It was infinitely better than Venom. And now after watching into the Spider-Verse, if this studio wants to tackle Spider-Man, this would be the studio, in my opinion, to do set up Venom as the villain in the next movie. Even if it's Miles versus Venom and then set up Carnage, I sign me up. Maybe he has to, maybe they do like a Spider verse Venom verse sort of thing where like the Venoms from all the verses come together. So Spider-Man's going to, I don't care. I don't even know. I don't care. But these guys can handle any Spider-Man plot point and just kill it. And, um, and I think that's all I really have to say about that. You know, I've been rambling on about Spider-Man now for quite some time, but I don't care that that movie was fantastic. You have to go see it. And if you didn't want to go see it, and now you do, but you feel bad because I spoiled it, go see it anyway. It's gonna hit you, I think, you know, right here. And, and it was, it, it was worth it. It's, it's worth every penny I paid to go see it. And then everyone, that is the podcast for this week, man. We, we talked more about this movie than I did about game stuff, but I think you guys tend to come here and listen to me talk about pretty much anything, really. But uh, so I, I got a, rem a friendly reminder for my friend Ryan. So if you're out there listening, Ryan, thank you. I got a friendly reminder for my friend Ryan to not forget the game of the week. So I'm going to work really hard on not trying to forget what game to tell you guys to play this week. The week we're going to, today we're going to talk about a Game Boy Color game, which kind of sucks because not everyone has access to a Game Boy Color. And I mean, you could get a Game Boy player. Um, actually, this wouldn't work in a super Game Boy, but it work in a Game Boy player for the Game Boy, uh, for the GameCube. But I want to talk about Metal Gear Solid for the Game Boy Color. So now, most of the time, you'd think this came out, uh, I don't know, 2000 maybe. So this was like a year or two after the PS1 version came out. And you're like, well, it's probably some crappy Game Boy port of Metal Gear. And you're not technically wrong, but it's not crappy necessarily. Now, what I like about Metal Gear Solid for Game Boy Color, in Japan it was called Metal Gear Ghost Babble. 
uh, but it's just called Metal Gear Solid here because why confuse people with marketing? It's not official canon. Um, it was not made by Kojima, and that's okay. Um, but it plays just like the original Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 for the MSX2, uh, which I also own. Um, and so it actually has some really good charm to it. It's got this kind of top-down view. You have the... You have like the the codec calls. You have you have a solid on radar system, so you see where enemies are on the screen. Like it's it's really it, it's like it's got an alert system with like a timer kind of like this 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 game is really fun. Um, you even uh, like it's 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 basically the Game Boy version of Metal Gear, but it's a different story. So it's not just a retelling of the story of Solid for the Game Boy. It's actually its own unique story, even though again it's not canon. Um, but it's really really fun. So if you ever get a chance, if you have a Game Boy Advance play it on that it's expensive i want to say a loose cart's like 40 40 bucks and complete in box like my mint one here is probably 120 or 130 now i haven't looked it up in a while we haven't had one in a while um but very very good game uh if you like metal gear it's it's quintessential metal gear to play yeah it doesn't fit in the story but it's still like a good experience especially if you like the older ones um the nes one and the msx one specifically and with that said, that is the podcast for today, folks. Uh, hey, I broke, an, I broke over an hour for the first time in a couple weeks. That's nice. Um, but anyway, uh, if, you, uh, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just go to the podcast app, look for Game Talk Radio. You'll see a little Mega Man-type sprite of me with my Game Trade shirt on. And then um, if you are listening to this on, sound, or on iTunes, but you want to listen to it maybe in smaller segments, I break up the segments and I throw it onto YouTube. We have a YouTube channel called, uh, which is youtube.com slash drop rate. Uh, if you, if you, or if you type in the drop rate channel, uh, it's got the yellow and gray DR. It's our, it's our thing. Um, here, here's like, here, here's some merch. <laughs> got going on uh we're not actually selling these but we're probably going to start because we've had quite the positive uh quite the positive pull on these um but if you are and if you're watching this on youtube and you'd actually like to listen instead of having these segments if you'd like to listen to the entire podcast in its entirety when you're at work or on your drive and you can't really watch stuff like i said go to uh, itunes you can go to soundcloud too but soundcloud pretty much just uses the feed to get me to itunes go to itunes search for game talk radio and look us up. Uh, obviously on YouTube, if you can, like, subscribe, share, thumbs up. Click the notification bell. That way you'll always be notified when we have a new video out. And that's it. And that's all I got for you today. I will talk to you guys next week. Uh, we should be back on regular rotation unless something crazy happens. So thank you as always for listening and watching. Thanks, everybody, for always sticking around. I, I appreciate you very, very much. And I hope you all have a great day. Happy New Year. We will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.